When I first came across RA Lifehacks page on Instagram, I knew I'd stumbled upon a kindred spirit. Post after post preach practical paths forward for those with rheumatoid arthritis and opened my eyes to a chronic illness I knew very little about. I knew I had to have RA Lifehacks on the podcast, if only to scrape the surface of her deep wealth of knowledge in navigating RA. In talking with Laura, the spoonie behind the account, I found that life hacks were indeed just the tip of the iceberg for this Arctic inhabitant. That's right, she lives in the Arctic. So how do you even begin to manage a chronic illness that close to the North Pole? Well, your guess was as good as mine. So let's find out on this week's The Chronic Illness Playbook. Hi everyone, and welcome to another week on The Chronic Illness Playbook. My name is Joe, your host, and I am very fortunate to be here today with RA Lifehacks, at RA Lifehacks on Instagram, uh, and the person behind the account is Laura. So thank you so much, Laura, for being here today. Uh, To start this out, if you could just walk us through your chronic illnesses and let us know how long you've had them. So I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis three years ago. Um, but I've had the symptoms for eight years. Got it. And so I'm very new. I like I have POTS and I'm very new to the, you know, the, the wide world of chronic illnesses. So um, I don't know if you're a fan of The Office, but there's a wonderful scene where uh, Oscar is trying to teach Michael Scott about money and bankruptcy. And Michael just doesn't get it. And he's like, tell it to me like I'm eight tell it to me like I'm five. And it's like, Oscar's like, I can't dumb it down anymore for you. So the first big thing with rheumatoid arthritis, you know, I'm a a novice at this and a lot of the listeners are as well. So the Michael Scott question, explain it to us like we're five. Okay. Um, Parts of my body just get stuck and they stop working. So it can take me a long time to do a simple thing that for other people, um, they don't think twice about. So sometimes my whole body is in pain and I just have to lay down. That's awesome. No, thank. I mean, it's not awesome what that is, but that explanation is absolutely <laughs> awesome. And that's a big part of uh, advocacy for these type of illnesses is making it accessible to people. So a big thing with POTS is there are a lot of accessories. I've got uh, you know so many water bottles you know, I've, I have to keep my electrolytes up. So I've got different uh, mixes for different parts of the day. Are there any, and I'm, and I know the answer to this because I follow you on Instagram, RA Life Hacks, uh, but there are definitely some products and accessories that you use probably daily. Can you tell us what those are? Yeah, um, two for sure that I can't live without. Um, the first one, I use an infrared heating pad. I have a Thermotex one. Um, it's an awesome quality one. I've had it for like 12 years, but I'm Hmm. a cold all the time and B my joints hurt. And for me, the majority of the time heat helps, uh, to be able to soothe that. So I literally, it it has a plug in, but I carry it around like everywhere I go. (laughs) I have it at work. (laughs) I have it. Like if I move rooms, I, I take it with me and plug it in there. It's always, always on. So are there like extension cords all around your house? Yeah, so pretty much. Can, yeah. I've strategically placed our furniture beside the outlet. So I can. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, it's kind of a newer one, actually. I just started using it a couple of months ago, but it's been a game changer for me. Um, they're called Vox socks. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, but oh, they have, no. a, okay, it's a little pattern that they have in them that um, activates neuroreceptors in the body. And so it helps with like pain and balance and energy and things like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just a, a different. Um, so anyway, I wear them 24-7 now and it's hugely reduced my pain. Like my hip was the worst and it's reduced it mm-hmm. within like two weeks of wearing them. It's down like 80%. So I'm awesome. like always, always in them now. <laughs> That's great. Is it like, I, I know those like copper bracelets were a thing a while ago with like golfers yeah. and baseball players. Right. Is it something similar to that? Um, no, it's like a certain pattern that's, that's in them. They also have like insoles and mm-hmm. patches and things like you can do. Um, but Got it. it's, it's, it's someone re- described it to me almost like reflexology. It's like triggering certain points. 
on the bottom of your foot and oh, then it okay. connects with the body. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been a game changer. So with the massive global pandemic happening and the people in quarantine and lockdowns happening again, for a lot of people with chronic illness, we've had to change our habits. Uh, I, For me, for POTS, the gym used to be my heaven. That was something that definitely helped my POTS. I would be, you know, four or five days at the gym, just a, a wonderful session. And then now I can't. I mean, I could out here, but, you know, it's it, people are being safe, but I'm trying to be as safe as possible. So not doing yeah. that. Have there been any practices or habits you've had to change or switch since the global pandemic that have either helped or you're trying to get to be as close to what it was before? Um, to be honest, not a whole lot has changed, but I have made more of a conscious decision to reach out to people more. Um, so I have it a goal every day to encourage at least one person. And then, so it's oh. either like texting them or writing a card or a phone call or a video chat or something like that. And, and then like, no matter how bad I'm feeling, if I did that, I feel like I accomplished something that day. So even if that's you know, wonderful. Yeah. It's just kind of, I think people need it now more than ever too. So, I mean, it makes me feel good, but then I also know that I'm, you know, encouraging others and hopefully helping them. So. Oh, that's great. And your page does absolutely that even without you doing anything on there. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, you can, no, you can, like, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis, so there's really no real life hacks for me, but you do delve into a lot of uh, what you're talking about, you know, making others feel good, the mental health aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very important, especially, you know, with everybody as we get into this cold, dark winter in the Northern Hemisphere. So this next question is a variation of an Instagram post that I put up a little while back about misconceptions about chronic illnesses. Uh, Now, you have rheumatoid arthritis. When I think of arthritis, I think of my 85-year-old grandpa and him having a tough time moving and picking things up. Uh, But as we're finding out and talking, that's not indicative of rheumatoid arthritis. It's a little bit different. Uh, So what type of misconceptions have you encountered uh, when talking about your chronic illness? I think um, with rheumatoid arthritis, especially just when they hear the word arthritis, like you said, they think of older people, but also they only think of joints, um, whereas rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. So it's actually your whole body. It affects also your organs. It affects your eyes, um, your brain. And it's like every aspect of your life that it affects. And to be honest, I didn't know about it either until I was diagnosed with it. Like I was just as naive as, as everyone else. So I can't can't blame them for not knowing, but it's certainly, I can see why more and more people are trying to get more information out there because it is uh, deceptive. In fact, some people have um, said that they'd like to change the name to rheumatoid disease instead of rheumatoid arthritis, um, just because Got it. there is kind of that stigma with, with the word arthritis. And the naming convention, the marketing, the branding of it, it's very important because this is the first thing that you say to people. And I mean, I tell people I have POTS and they're like, you know, are we going to smoke up? And it's like, no, no, (laughs) not weed. This is, it's a postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And from there you lose them and you can't talk to them anymore because they've walked away. (laughs) But you know, that's very interesting. Rheumatoid disease. I, I think that personally, now, just sitting here thinking about that, it does, it, it changes how I personally feel about it right now. Because, yeah. you know, I do think joints, I do think, you know, bendability, you know, knuckles cracking, you know, oh, I can't open this, that type of thing. Um, but as you're saying, it does affect the wider body. Do you have any major symptoms with things that people wouldn't think would be garden variety arthritis? Um. Mine's not so bad right now. So I haven't had, um, like it hasn't affected my organs or anything yet. Um, I do notice it like in, in my brain with like brain fog and things like that, which people wouldn't make that connection, uh, with arthritis. Um, but yeah, right now it's mostly like swollen joints and and pain. Got it. Yeah. And, and brain fog is 
absolutely great. I love it. That's why I have every question right now written out in front of me in case there's just like this massive just brain fog that comes in front of me and the eyes glaze over. And it's like, where are we going from here? Like, this is very interesting, but what's next? And what is next is... So you're saying it, it affects joints and your joints and that type of thing right now. Do, do you have flares? Are there times when things do get worse? They do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's actually how I was diagnosed. I had a really bad flare and I ended up going to the hospital. Um, and it was because of that, that flare. It was in my hand. My hand was like flaming red. It was uh, clenched in a fist. I couldn't open it. Both my hands. Um I actually kind of got trapped inside my house because I couldn't open the door to, to get out because I literally could not open my hands to do the handle. And uh, got it. yeah, it was this horrible feeling. But anyhow, once once I got to the hospital and they looked at it, then they could tell right away I had to go through blood work and stuff, too. But um, mm-hmm. they could see because of the reaction of what was happening. Um, but sometimes with flares, um, Usually for me, I don't necessarily have like a warning that they're coming on, but I usually wake up to it so I can go to bed and be fine. And then I wake up and there it is. (laughs) It's just like, you just never know what you're waking up to. So. Got it. Yeah. So, well, and thank you for answering the question about the canary in the coal mine, you know, that first symptom to happen. So it's just something that you go to bed as you know, with it's asymptomatic for anything being flared and then wake up the next morning and things are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then, so you, you do have a flare, your rheumatoid arthritis has knocked you down. What is your first comfort meal? What's your first, you know, do you sit on the couch? Do you, you know, what do you watch? And then who do you talk to? Who's your first call? Who's your first text? Um, my husband is, uh, the greatest support. So he's always the one I, I bounce everything off of. Um, as far as like comfort food and stuff, um, I, I guess soups. It's cold here a lot. So soups are always, <laughs> <laughs> always comforting and just warm and like, you know, wrap up in, in an electric blanket, turn it on, have some soup and yeah. Get that heating pad going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, when when you do have some type of flare, do you have, what's your course of action with that? Um, does it change depending on the symptoms or are, if the symptoms, it doesn't matter what they are, there's always a first step that you usually take? Um, like I said, I usually use heat, um, but sometimes like if it's very red and inflamed, um, then heat isn't always a good thing. So I'll use ice. Um, I hate the cold. So I, I only use it if I absolutely have to, but, um, like with my wrist, it was really bad for a while. So I would do an ice bath where I'd fill a bucket with ice water and put my wrist in for as long as I could hold it and then pull it out and just kind of do that flushing back and forth just to try and get the, the swelling down a bit. Um, but like I say, is, is my usual go-to. So I have the infrared heating pad. I have the, I have a portable infrared sauna. Um, so Ooh. I'll use that. Yeah, it's really handy. Also warm. <laughs> um, so, Epsom salts. what what does what does that sauna look like? You know, what I, I'm trying to in my head, sauna is the sweat lodge type thing. What does right. your portable one look like? It looks like a pop up tent that your head sticks out of. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all on <laughs> that's Apple. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could, could you send me the link to the one that you have? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then so I'll also use um, Epsom salts. I'll do that uh, like a foot soak for my feet. Um, Got it. Essential oils sometimes. Um, I do have like a roll-on pain cream that I'll use. It actually has copper in it and it's been uh, really helpful. And then just kind of like for mentally dealing with the flare, I'll have like I have a playlist of my favorite songs that I'll, I'll listen to that just kind of are upbeat and, you know, kind of push you through and and then sometimes you just have to go to bed, and that's the answer. <laughs> well, I I need an example. What what is one of the songs that you listen to? Um, one of them I came across. I'm I'm really bad. We don't actually have a radio station here, so I'm not really up to date on like music. But um, but we do have a radio oh, station. Hold on, 
Hold it's on. not very good. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just like, radio waves don't get to you guys? It's like, yeah, no, sorry. It. So I live in the Arctic and it's, it's a small town that we're in. So um, I came across it from watching uh, America's Got Talent on YouTube. It was, it's called The Fight Song. And the girl who sang it on America's Got Talent, she had um, overcome cancer. She was a young teenage girl and she'd overcome cancer. And this was like her song um, that, that kind of helped her through. And so in that context, like watching it like that, I was like, oh, that's like such a good a good song. So I listen to that on repeat sometimes. <laughs> it's a fantastic song. I I have a workout mix and, you know, I'm a six foot guy working out at the gym and people probably think I'm listening to different things, but it's, you know, I've got like Broadway musicals on there because I'm a theater <laughs> nerd. And then once Waitress is over, it rolls right into songs like Fight Song and that type of thing. So, awesome. you know, we're that's a great song, great <laughs> taste. And, you know, yeah, it definitely gets the, gets the blood moving, gets you pumped up, ready to go. So, yeah. 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 Well, wonderful. So for this next question, I'm going to preemptively thank you for agreeing to answer it, because I think it has a great chance in helping people and helping to destigmatize what we can feel are embarrassing things about our chronic illnesses. So for having rheumatoid arthritis, what is an embarrassing symptom thing that you've encountered that you normally don't talk to people about, but you will because it might have a chance to help someone here feel not so alone? Um, I guess it's different for everyone, but yeah, just kind of the brain fog that I was talking about, it it can be embarrassing sometimes just because your brain just isn't functioning. And, uh, you know, someone will be talking to you and it's like, I'm concentrating really hard and like listening to what they're saying. And it is just not registering in my brain. And I'm trying to <laughs> be able to form a response to them. And I feel like, you know, those magnets, those word magnets that you put on the fridge and you can spell mm-hmm. out words or sentences. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like that's how my brain is. I have all those magnets in there and I'm trying to talk and I'm basically just throwing them at the fridge. Like they're not coming out right. <laughs> I find that like some situations can just get really difficult when when that's happening. <laughs> oh, I definitely feel you there. Um, brain fog with me. Uh with work, I have to be in like a lot of social situations and that type of thing. And anytime there's any type of adrenaline, my POTS sees that as an opportunity to just start running. Like even right now, you know, the, the heart rate's going, I'm not nervous to talk to you. You're a very lovely person to talk to, but any type of adrenaline, it just starts going. And I miss about the first five, 10 seconds of what people say to me. And just because the brain fog just doesn't hold on to it. So names are absolutely just, they're, they escape me. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm 15 minutes into a conversation <laughs> with this very powerful person in a suit. And I'm just like, I think it's Dave. <laughs> like, I th- I'm not going to say it. I think it's Dave. I'm going to wait for somebody else to come over and, like, you know, like, I'll introduce them. Like, hey, you know, meet each other, introduce each other. Like, this is Bob. Bob, this is eh, someone, maybe. <laughs> same so, thing. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I'm fully with you there. And <laughs> when I was first, because I've had POTS for about, you know, 13 years or so. At the beginning, uh, nobody told me about brain fog. So I just thought, like, in, you know, I thought there was like a tumor that they missed. <laughs> like that I, I got sick And they did all these tests, but they never did a, you know, scan of my brain. And I was just like, I was positive. Like I've got POTS and a tumor. That's why I can't, you know, remember things anymore. And then it turned out like, oh no, this is a normal symptom. And many chronic illness people have it too. And, you know, people just don't talk about it enough. And it's like, oh, cool. So all that late night Googling of, you know, is it a tumor or is it a brain bleed or anything? Turns out everything was okay, but. Yeah, no, I totally get you with that. And uh, have there been any positive things that have come from having your chronic illness? I know having a chronic illness, personally, it's not like, oh, 10 out of 10 would recommend, (laughs) but there are silver linings with things. So have there been any positive things to come from your chronic illness? Yeah, I think I've just, I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I've seen my family and my friends support me in, in unexpected ways. So that's really deepened our relationship. 
and I've developed more empathy so I can relate to more people and just, you know, understand not that I understand every illness, of course, but just understanding some of those feelings that, that come with, with limitations and chronic illness and, you know, your mind wanting to do something, but your body not being able to do it. Um, and then just with my Instagram page too, the RA life hacks, um, it's just something positive, like, you know, just sharing a little life hack that's helped me. And then people will private message me and say, oh, you know, I tried this and it helped so much. And you know, thank you so much for sharing. And it's just nice to be able to, you know, those struggles, you're making something good come out of it and being able to help people in a small way. And I've definitely seen your posts shared in other people's stories, you know, and just randomly going through Instagram. And they, they're, they're great, I mean, life hacks. And these, it kind of blows people's minds to be like, I've been struggling to open a jar for years. And I've, you know, tried to get just those little flimsy grip things you know, and it's, I can't quite do it. And then you post something about a jar opener or just a, putting a scarf around a refrigerator door. And then so you can just put your hand in there or your arm and yeah. pull it open. And it just, it blows people's minds yeah. because it's like, I've been, you know, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And as human beings, we just do the same thing over and over again and but you know you're it's wonderful you come from a place of empathy with these people and it's not like hey dumb dumb do this it's like hey this is something that can that i found out that can definitely help me and it's absolutely helping other people now the the empathy thing it's a very very important lesson and you can tell that permeates the community because it is a very you know sympathetic empathetic community So let's move on to, have you had any, have you found any, going to, back to the silver lining thing, is there like a great perk that you found from your chronic illness? I know, I know for mine, if I ever don't want to go to a thing with like friends who know about my chronic illness, I'll be like, POTS isn't doing great right now. They'll never <laughs> listen to this, so I can continue to use this. you know. But once the pandemic's over, they'll have some absolute terrible party. And I'm just like, you know, because technically the POTS isn't doing great. You know, it's not wonderful. So for me, that's definitely a big perk. Do you, Have you come across any big perks with rheumatoid arthritis? Hmm. Uh... Well, there's some uh, like chores in the family that I don't do anymore because <laughs> hard on my joints. So that's pretty great. And uh, with the pandemic, <laughs> I hate grocery shopping, but with the pandemic, because I'm high risk, um, my husband and my son do it all now. So I think that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. You could just have them go They're like, guys, you got to do the grocery shopping now. You got to, yeah. you got to protect mom. <laughs> you got to go do this. Exactly. A big thing for me is I I like to, you know, as one of my favorite books and movies say, we we follow the money. And a big thing about what how people what people prioritize in their life is what they spend their money on. So uh, I live in the United States, so medical bills are terrible and medication is terrible. It's very expensive. Uh, but I know that's not the same way around the entire world, you know, good for other people. (laughs) So, uh, you know, besides medical bills and medication, uh, what do you spend the most money on for your rheumatoid arthritis? Um, the biggest one would be natural supplements and then um, like specialized food. So I'm on a restricted diet. So, um, buying those particular foods and yeah. And then just like appointments and stuff too. Uh, I see a naturopath and a massage therapist and all of that kind of adds up, but supplements would be the biggest one. So I'm going to dig in here. Uh, what type of supplements? What's your supplement regimen? Oh my goodness. It's, it's so much. It's like um, <laughs> basically like a cereal bowl and just like, I'm just missing the milk. Like I take so many. <laughs> I take, see, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not on medication for the RA right now. I am doing the natural way of doing it. But um, 
So I take like 50 to 60 pills a day. <laughs> it's like basically I'm like 80% water and pills. <laughs> 20% pills. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of natural anti-inflammatory um, things. What else do I take? Like magnesium and uh, turmeric, boswellia, um, vitamin D, a lot of vitamin D. Um, oh, wow. So you're like that whole shelf. You just walk oh, through yeah. the store and just put it all right in your cart. My yeah. pantry looks like I'm a health food store because I have to order. <laughs> so I always have to have like a month uh, supply at a time. And so, uh, Got yeah. It. And if, if any of my friends get sick, they'll often call me like, hey, do you have any vitamin C? I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much? How much do you need? Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, that's great. And and I'm going to skip ahead here for a second too. Uh, restrictive diet um, mm-hmm. is that something your your doctors, homeopaths is is that something they've recommended? Yeah. So I'm working with a, a functional medicine doctor, and um, we we figured out like food is a really big trigger for me. And actually, the day that I um, got diagnosed, I had a lot of sugar the night before, and that like triggered the, this huge flare. So sugar is definitely a big trigger and also gluten. Um, oh, if I eat gluten, I am pretty much cannot walk the next day. My feet will be so bad. So oh, I mean, wow. it's different for everyone. Cause I know other people who have RA have, have gone off gluten and it didn't make a difference for them. But for me personally, it definitely makes a difference. So yeah, I'm grain free, dairy free, gluten free, sugar free. Uh, I eat grass fed meat, um, vegetables and berries basically. And berries. That's, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Because a lot of the fruits have no. high, high sugar, but berries, I'm allowed, so. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then do you do, are you a coffee drinker? Are you a tea drinker? Can you do tea. any of those type of things? Yeah, I do tea. tea. Like, a lot of it. <laughs> what's your What's your go-to tea? Um, Usually Earl Grey for like early morning into the afternoon, and then I'll switch to a herbal I have a bunch of different herbal teas that I drink, yeah. Got it. Are they caffeine teas? Are they ca- decaf? Um, the herbal ones are caffeine-free. Got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tea illiterate. I, don't, <laughs> okay. I, do, I do iced tea, as you saw. I, I drink my diet peach snapple. That's my caffeine for the day. But, you know, when it comes to actual tea, like most Americans, I'm just absolutely tea illiterate, so... <laughs> Yeah. I have a peach uh, tea that I drink. Actually, it's a fruit tea, but it's really good too. I've seen a lot of people with rheumatoid arthritis do a lot of dancing. Um, it's a big, you know, TikTok's a big thing now, and you know, there's a couple Instagram accounts that I follow who they're they're big dancers, and it you know helps with the rheumatoid arthritis. Do you have a dance or exercise routine that you like to do? Um, I need to work on that. I'm. Uh... My, my work is physical, so I do get like between eight and 10,000 steps a day just with my daily activities and my work. Um, but oh, I do wow. need to be like more specific and working on my joints. Actually, this week I'm doing um, a virtual session with um, on Instagram. She's RA Warrior Randy. So she has oh. um, RA, but she's also a personal trainer and she's in school to be a chiropractor. Um, so I'm actually going to have a, a session with her and get like stretching and a plan kind of, cause that's something that I need to work on. Um, and I also bought a, on Amazon prime day, they had rebounders, those mini trampolines. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I got one of those cause those are supposed to be good, um, on your joints. If you get a good one, um, cause it's not as hard jarring. You can like bounce around a bit on it. And so that's, I'm going to be doing rebounding and more stretching. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I you'll have to let me know how the little trampoline thing, go, the rebounding <laughs> thing goes, because I I don't I've seen them like when you walk past a you know fitness studio or something, I'll see them and it's like I haven't used these since like <laughs> second grade gym, yeah. and but like we were tiny then, so they weren't tiny, but now they haven't gotten any bigger, and now we're grown adults, so. <laughs> Very interested to see how that works. I'm always looking for different new type of things to do. And, 
you know, if it if it helps your joints and it gets your heart rate up, I'm I'm sure a lot of people will be interested. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably be posting about it. If it goes well, I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> and if we don't see any posts about it, it'll be a oh, yeah, no oh, everyone. <laughs> I won't, I won't ask any follow-up questions about how that experiment went. Uh, we were talking about the money thing and the, you know, follow the money and that type of thing. Another, you know, big thing about how people uh, prioritize is that very important first hour of the day and that very important last hour of the day. And there are people like me who completely squander it by doom scrolling on Twitter and seeing what's the latest absolute terrible thing in the world. And then there are other people who have actual routines who then live productive lives. And I'm very interested in who those people are and what they do. Are you one of those people who have a good morning, evening routine? Or is there something you would want to change about yours? Yeah, I'm still looking to be one of those people, to be honest. I am, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Um, I work early in the morning. And so... I pretty much, I have the shortest morning routine. My alarm goes off at seven and I'm out the door at 20 after seven. <laughs> so, oh wow. yeah, I'm like really, um, the, the one thing I do, um, I just posted about it the other day. I start with a grateful heart. So even before I get out of bed, I, I try and think of at least three things that I'm grateful for that day. Um, sometimes I'll journal. Um, I'm not always consistent with doing that, uh, say a prayer or whatever, it might be to express my gratitude um, just for that day, you know, for whatever in my body is working that day, I'm grateful for. <laughs> and then uh, I'm pretty much, yeah, just roll out of bed, get to work kind of thing. But the last hour of my day, um, I guess, is where I'm more um, productive because I, I do a lot in the last hour of the day to allow me to be able to get up and get out the door. So I'll lay out my clothes for the next day. Um, I'll, I'll shower and do my hair at night so that I don't have to worry so much in the morning. Um, I'll, you know, wind down with, with reading and stuff just to, to relax at, at the end of the night, have a cup of tea. And um, yeah, I just try whatever I can to make the next day um, better to make it easier. Do, does your rheumatoid arthritis mess with your sleep at all? It does sometimes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can get night sweats from it. Sometimes the pain, if it's bad, if I'm flaring, um, it'll keep me up at night. But right now I've, I've been on a, a good good roll. So, so far, so good. Good. So let's say 3 a.m. you can't sleep. You have some sort of either pain or, you know, night sweats or anything like that. Do you have a, a routine that you do, a course of action to do in the middle of the night, anything like that? Not really. It's I have my heating pad beside my bed. <laughs> Pull that thing that out. That heating like, pad gets a lot of mileage oh, in your yeah. home. That's a, I can't say enough good about it. Like like I said, we've had it for twelve <laughs> years. It still works, and yeah, it's an investment, but it is well worth it. <laughs> well, I will for anybody listening. If you're interested in this heating pad, we will try to find a, find a link to it. That is that that's quite the heating pad. That's the journeyman <laughs> of heating pads. That is it's very impressive. Pad. Yeah. <laughs> so going through my chronic illness journey, uh, the things that I learned the most were through my mistakes. And I made a lot of them. Um, there was about three years there where I just did all the wrong things. Not not because I had bad information, but just because I was 18 years old and very upset that I had a chronic illness. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be normal and then did all the wrong things. And it was like, Oh, I need to do something slightly different. Um, what were the biggest mistakes that you made in your first couple of years? If you even made any and, you know, have there been any overall that you've had to uh, course correct? Um, I think for me, like I said, I was diagnosed three years ago, but I've had symptoms for eight years. So um, not pushing it more. Like I would go to the doctor and I'd say, you know, I have this pain or like my feet are doing this. And, and I had all, like, I did go to the doctor and say these things, but they just kind of brushed it off and I didn't, I didn't push it. Um, we don't have family doctors here. So it's every time you go, it's a different doctor. So you're starting from scratch. Uh, so it can be Got kind it. of hard to get them to take you seriously. And 
up until that point, I mean, they could look at my records and see I was hardly ever at the at the doctor. Like it, it was very rare to get sick. But then all of a sudden I was just going in with, you know, my hands not working. I had trigger finger. I had um, plantar fasciitis on my feet. I had tendonitis. And then they said, you know, you probably have osteoarthritis and all these things. And there was obviously inflammation everywhere in my body. And I wish I would have addressed it earlier, even without a diagnosis. I wish I would have been like, okay, clearly, you know, they're not doing anything about it. I should be more proactive about it. But I just, I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to go away. Okay. They don't think it's serious. So it's going to go away. And I just kept ignoring it. And that just made it worse because it's, especially with inflammation, it's like a fire, right? So the longer you leave it, it's just burning and consuming more. So I, I think if I had addressed it earlier with or without the, the doctor, you know, believing my symptoms, um, it could have been better, but hindsight 2020. <laughs> oh yeah. No. And that's a very important message out there for other people. I know that's a big thing within the chronic illness community about being your own patient advocate. Um, but with your trip to the emergency room, there are a lot of spoonies and people with chronic illness who we do, there are emergencies. And then we do have to, you know, quickly pick up and go to that uh, emergency room or urgent care or anything like that. I know I definitely have a checklist in my mind of what I need to put in my bag before I walk out the door in 25 seconds. Uh, Do you have anything that you put in like your hospital go bag? Um, So snacks, because especially when you're on a restricted diet, (laughs) there's like nothing there to eat. So snacks. You just can't go to the vending machine and just, you know, get all that garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Snacks, uh, phone charger, um, pain relief cream, maybe, and like a book or a Kindle or something like that just to occupy my mind. Got it. What type of books do you like to read? Um, I like to read things like that, that educate me. I'm not really like, I, I always feel like I want to be learning every time I'm investing in reading. So um, aside from the Bible, just a lot of um, like health books or business things. I have a an Etsy shop on the side. So I'll learn about things like that too. And yeah. You have an Etsy shop? Yeah. I don't think I knew about that. No, no. Um, I live, like I said, I live in the Arctic. So I have a, a little shop called Polar Pen Pal. And I uh, teach kids about what it's like to actually live in the Arctic. Because there's a lot of misconceptions. We don't have penguins here. Did you know that? <laughs> I did. I did know that. I think good, good. I think I watched one of those, you know, David Attenborough, you know, documentaries where it's, you know, uh, yeah, where we we're, were told. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I try and be productive all the time. <laughs> Gosh, I'm I'm impressed with uh, all the things you get done because running an Instagram page, you know, that it serves a public service. That in itself is, you know, it, it could be a full time job, and you know, but having an Etsy store on top of it and it, an actual job as well, like that's very cool. I the reason I do so much is because of like going back to the cost of things, um, because it's a choice I've made to to do the the natural. Uh, way, but it is very expensive. So in order to Mm -hmm. accommodate that, that's why I do so much to be able to afford the pills. (laughs) In living in the Arctic, that's quite a, quite a a different, you know, point of view. So that's, you know, absolutely brilliant having that being part of your Etsy store. That's very, and and if anybody is interested in her <laughs> Etsy store, we will also have that link in the show bio and on the Instagram page. Thank you. So, oh, absolutely. Um, a a big thing that, you know, I, I always go back to is this concept of like day one. Uh, your day one with a chronic illness. And it could mean a lot of things for a lot of different people. Day one with it, day one diagnosed, day one when you decide to start something, start a new exercise regimen, a new, you know, supplement regimen, you know, go a different way with a doctor, new medication. Uh, But that first day is always, no matter when it lands, and there are many, it's always a very important day for people. So when you were first, when you were in that emergency room, 
and they were first telling you, you know, well, it could possibly be this thing. We're going to need some blood labs, you know, to, to confirm this. But we're thinking it's looking like rheumatoid arthritis. What do you wish the doctors had first said to you when you were first diagnosed? I wish there was more um, explanation about what the the disease actually is and like what I could expect because they, they said rheumatoid arthritis, but didn't explain anything about it. They just said, you know, cause you have inflammation and your joints not working there. Um, so of course I go home and I Google, but when you do that, you, you only see the worst case scenario. So it's like, yeah. it was terrifying to see, you know, all of these pictures and what it could be. And, and there was just no explanation of, you know, even like the course of it or how it progresses or what to look for or anything. It was just, this is what you have. And then see you later. And Dr. Google is not anyone's friend. You do find all of the worst scenarios. And, and then if you could going back to that day one, if you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself on day one? You get a DeLorean 88 miles an hour. You end up at that, uh, uh, emergency room, you see you coming out. First thing you say to you, what is that? Um, just that it won't all be bad. There's there's going to be good days. And even though life isn't going the way you planned, it's, it's still good. So you filled out a template that I made on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. the seven highly effective habits of Spoonies, just trying to get in the heads of what people do when they have a flare and your the number the one that you made the number seven one that you wrote in uh stuck with because this was a while ago it stuck with me it was something i hadn't heard before but i absolutely love it's remember you've survived a hundred percent of your bad days and that's just one of those oh i never thought of it that way (laughs) and the so first of all thank you and just a, a wonderful message to get out there to people. And in seeing it, you know, I, I've seen similar sentiments about that. And it's just, a, it's a great perspective of how to navigate these chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even the worst day is only 24 hours, right? So it's like, that's, there can only be so much bad in, in this one day. And then you just, you're just taking them one, one at a time. I love that one too. That's absolutely <laughs> great. It's only 24 hours. That's wonderful. Oh, you're absolutely pragmatic when it comes to this. And the show is in your page. RA like life hacks. I absolutely love it. So we're both on Instagram and you see there are a lot of people's perspective, a lot of people opining. Um, and, you know, there's, there's definitely a, some good advice. And there's definitely some bad advice that I've seen. Uh, have you come across any advice that you think the new Spoonies, people starting on this journey, you know, that they should ignore, that the, they shouldn't take to heart? Um, I think just that there isn't just one way to deal with it. Um, you know, being open to trying new things and finding what works for your body. Because like I said, like with, with RA and gluten, for a lot of people, it is a trigger. For a lot of people, it isn't a trigger. And some people can be, you know, very outspoken about how it is for them, right? But just kind of being open, not not necessarily just taking one route and this is the only way or one medication and this is the only way. There's so many options. And it, it is a trial and error, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, being open to those things and not necessarily just following one person or thinking that because it worked for that person, it's going to work for you. And then you feel like you have to do everything they're doing. It's every person is so unique. And you know, what, what brought your body to, to have that illness is different from another person. So it's, it's really taking the time to, to look at your own body and, and see what, what works for it. And that's very important. And that's a, that's a reason why I started this podcast is sort of, there are so many ways to go about this. It's a playbook. So, you know, on third and 10, you could, you know, absolutely throw deep. You could run, but I want to give people those options because as like I was saying before, you know, remember you've survived 100% of your bad days. 
that's not something that ever organically came into my mind. So giving people those type of, you know, here are the different plays, the different things you can do, because it is personal experimentation for a good chunk of it, especially, yeah. you know, with your, you know, the, the diet and the supplements and all of those type of things, mm-hmm. giving people the options to be able to uh, successfully personally experiment. Um, I think that's a, you know, and, and thank you for contributing to the, you know, RA portion of that playbook. Uh, these are definitely going to be things that are going to be able to help people. Yeah, we all learn from each other, definitely. And, and absolutely, I've I've learned a ton. You know, just I I haven't been in the uh, chronic illness Instagram community for a while. Um, it's only been a couple months, uh, but uh, I've learned so much. Um, mm-hmm. Even just about other chronic illnesses, uh, even about my own things to try, new you know sodium drinks, new electrolyte things, new exercises. Um, so I just you know it's a wonderful community, and you're a great part of it. And so just giving another Instagram account some love, another Instagram account that uh, positively has affected your lives that we can plug here, and maybe at <laughs> some point get them on the podcast and you know hear what they have to say. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, um, arthritis life, Cheryl, she's a occupational therapist. I think you might follow her too. Uh, she's one that does the dancing and stuff. Um, she's the one but, that does the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I do know her. Yeah, no, yeah. she's, she's, she posts her TikToks and you know, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So I didn't even know what occupational therapy was actually. Um, but so she, she'll show different gadgets and things like that. Um, we both, she's really sweet. She's, she's like, you're like an honorary OT because of the, the hacks <laughs> that I share. Sometimes we both kind of are, are passionate about that, but she actually gave some really good advice, um, about Facebook groups and support. Um, because often like when you get a diagnosis, you want to talk to people who have it. And so Facebook obviously is where a lot of people go and, uh, she gave some good advice about the people that are in those groups don't necessarily represent everyone who has that condition um, because there might be some that are, you know, who have RA, but they're in remission. And so they don't feel the need to be in those groups or, or theirs is, you know, managing really well. So they don't feel the need to to be in a support group like that. So sometimes the ones that are there are the ones, you know, who are in the worst flare who are first diagnosed and they're terrified or, or, you know, they've been through a lot and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's wearing on them and it sometimes can come across as negative, you know, because they're just kind of dumping those feelings sometimes, right. Which there's a time and a place for that for sure. But when you're newly diagnosed and you go into a group like that, it can be very overwhelming. Um, So yeah, she just kind of gave advice about, you know, keeping a good perspective of that's not representing everyone who has that illness. I thought that was uh, really good advice. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's like, uh, Yelp reviews. If, mm-hmm. if you have a fine, uh, experience with a business, you know, I'm not going to go on and give them a three paragraph review, but oh, yeah. it was good. It was fun. They, you know, repaired the pipes. Yeah. They <laughs> did the thing that I paid them to do. It's the people, yeah. you know, who definitely have a bad experience or who get very emotionally connected to something. You know, and that can be anger, that can be fear, that can be a lot of things. They're they're going to be the ones who are definitely the most vocal. Um, And and in being in those communities, if uh, especially if you're a new spoonie or if you're new to those communities, uh, it can wear on you emotionally. You can you know take on other people's uh, you know emotional troubles and pains, and you can really uh, burn yourself out. Um, Do you do anything that helps you combat emotional burnout uh, in dealing with your chronic illness or others with chronic illness? Um, I just try not to put like too much on my schedule at one time, Um, you know, because I, I do have to look after my health and make that a, a priority. And I actually schedule it in. So, you know, like people will say having a chronic illness is like, it's a full time job because you're always dealing with it, right? Which it's true. And I try and even, like I say, schedule it into my routine. So I have certain days and certain nights, like I do my sauna, you know, twice a week at the same time, twice a week. And I don't let other things interfere unless it was an emergency or something. That's just like, 
it's like it's my job that's my job at, at that part of the day that's what I'm doing um, and so mm. same with you know with mentally too just being able to take that time to to do reading to have that time for um, quiet time for um, whatever it is that recharges me um, I schedule that in and try not to let anything interfere with that that's very important yeah no I I, I absolutely like all of those um, and we're gonna we're gonna move into a slightly more uh, positive. This is this is the the high note that we like to end these podcasts with, uh, because we do talk about some heavy things. We do talk about you know uh, some uh, yeah d- d- emotionally, physically, medically distressing things. So we're gonna we're gonna end this on a couple high notes. Uh, I'm very interested in this with you. Because after learning in this podcast how restrictive your diet is, uh, what is like your favorite recipe that can either help with your illness? What is that go-to um, that you like to eat? Um, so my diet lately is a lot of fish and broccoli, <laughs> which Ooh. gets pretty tired though. Um, <laughs> So my husband actually made uh, a soup the other day. It's like a broccoli cauliflower soup and we put fish in it. So it was all the same ingredients, but it just tasted amazing just by doing it, preparing it in a different way. It was like I was tasting something totally different. And that's like my thing right now because it's cold. We have (laughs) snow and I've been like, he made a big pot and I've been eating soup all week. I just can't get enough of it. (laughs) For dessert, um, I like baked apples where we core it and you fill it with almond butter and then you sprinkle cinnamon and cloves on top and you bake it. And it's like apple pie. It's amazing. It makes the house smell good. And it's like the closest thing to me eating dessert. It's really good. Sounds so good. You should try it. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw on my page, I just had it in my story. Um, But when you make it, make sure you use parchment paper because Ah, that's, that's my life hack (laughs) for easy cleanup. (laughs) Because otherwise it like caramelizes and it makes a mess and it's hard to clean. But with parchment paper, it just, it's so easy. Oh, that's great. Now yeah. I will, I will be, you know, probably bothering you for the exact recipe for that. Cause that sounds <laughs> awesome. So with, uh, with chronic illness, um, we've definitely, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster and we've definitely talked about, you know, the, the lows, what do you do with a flare? What happens? Uh, but it was with all roller coasters, you know, momentum makes them go back up again. So at the top, what do you like to do? You have a day where you're feeling what your version of the best is. What do you do with that time? So I like to get outdoors as much as we can. Um, use my energy to be with my family and my friends and uh, do volunteer work and help others out in any way I can. So Sometimes I like to make care packages for people, like, um, you know, make a thing of soup and bring it to them or, um, you know, a, a gift package or something like that. Just it always feels good when you help others. You are just such a nice person. <laughs> like that is I, I, I was not expecting what do, what I do with my with the, the time that I have energy and I have, I, you know, I'm able and I'm ready to do things. And you're like, I'm going to help other people. <laughs> but you know what? It's I've been on the receiving end and I just know how much it means to me. And the one friend of mine, she brought over um, one of the best gifts I've ever got. It was um, meals like that you have in a Ziploc bag that you just put in your slow cooker. They're freezer meals kind of where all the ingredients oh, yeah. are in there. Yeah. So all the ingredients mm-hmm. are in there. It's set on the side how long you cook it for, and you just throw it in your slow cooker, turn it on, or instant pot, or whatever. And it came at a time like when I could literally do nothing in the kitchen. I could barely lift a fork to feed myself at that point. And so that was just like the best gift ever. And you know, it was a gift for the whole family. Um, but I, oh, I just yeah. bawled the type the day I got it because I was just like, it just couldn't be a more perfect gift than that. And so. When I do feel good, I want to be able to give back when I'm able to, because I just appreciate so much the, the help I've received in, in my low times. Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm speechless, that is, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's in, in talking to you, it definitely comes from a place of it's, it's absolutely genuine. And I know exactly what you mean, having people 
reach out to you in those small, perfect little moments where for them, it may have not have taken them much time, but they're part of your support group and they hear you and they they get it. And having people around you who get it, um, it's just absolutely wonderful that you take your time and you get it with them as well. So, wow, that was, I'm very happy I asked that question. That's a, <laughs> speaking of, you know, soup for your soul, that is definitely a little bit of a soup for your soul. Um, broccoli I, soup I don't with know fish. If, <laughs> yeah, broccoli soup with fish for your soul. And you know what? I can have it all week. It'll be great. It'll be absolutely wonderful. We won't get sick of it. Oh, so uh, a, a, a funny thing I stumbled upon, I don't know if you saw it, but like I felt like when you connect two different random ideas and it just like fits together. I had one of those moments when I came to the conclusion that the little mermaid has postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And I like went through the entire movie and there were different things that she did that just weirdly fit into this narrative that she has POTS. You know, random question. I'm just asking people now to see if they've had any of those Eureka moments. Are there any fictional characters? You're a voracious reader. Are there any fictional characters that you've come across that you think in putting the pieces together, it seems like they could have rheumatoid arthritis? Um. I'm not great with knowing a lot of characters, but just the first thing that comes to my mind is Bambi, that scene in Bambi when he's learning to walk and he's like on the <laughs> ice. <laughs> um, that's pretty much me sometimes. It's like every day is like a new day with a new body because sometimes it's like this is working and the next day this is not working. And it's like, okay, what's working today and how do I function with this? And it's, <laughs> you know, it does make you clumsy. It does make you drop things. It makes you fall. Um, I don't know. It's like every day you're, you're learning from scratch. So <laughs> I, I love that visual. I've got that visual <laughs> in my mind right now about Bambi. And it's like, I could definitely see how that could, you know, it, because with, as you said, you know, you could wake up with different symptoms. You could wake up yeah. with some sort of flare. So it's those first couple steps of like, where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> Do I have my sea legs on? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, just uh, uh, one last question to end this out. Um, As we have talked about heavy things, uh, we also have talked about, you know, just some, you know, your wonderful support group, the people you have around you, uh, the wonderful work you do at RA Life Hacks on Instagram in helping other people. Um, Within your chronic illness journey, do you have a sense of what, like the goal is or what happiness looks like for you with rheumatoid arthritis or are you currently living it? I think just it's given me a different perspective of life and it's made me, um, it makes you calculate things like because you, your energy is limited. So it makes you think about what you're going to put it towards. Like you say, with, with money, you prioritize how you spend it. It's the same with, with someone with a chronic illness with their energy. Um, so it's made me, you know, look at, at life in a different way of, of what's truly important and how, you know, how am I going to spend my energy? So for me, just like being with my family and my friends, you know, being together and, and making the most of whatever it, that day is, um, laughing together. It's something that's so important to, to be able to laugh and you have to be able to laugh at yourself. And sometimes the funny situations you get in, um, otherwise you just take it too seriously and it's not good for you. So just, just having that, that positive mindset and enjoying every day that we have every day is a gift and and a blessing and we want to make the most of it. Well, it was an absolute gift and a blessing to have you on the podcast. Uh, You have some fantastic advice for people. And if anybody wants to continue to follow uh, Laura, it's RA life hacks on Instagram. Thank you for prioritizing this. Um, on a weekend. Thank you for it. Sincerely, thank you for taking time and energy. Um, I know you're very busy. We've gone over the many, many things that you do (laughs) with your time. And this is definitely another avenue uh, where you're going to definitely be able to help people. So thank you again. I'm really, really excited. It's, It's great. I think it's because it's focused on 
such practical things. That's, that's what people need. That's just to help to get through the day. It's awesome. Well, that's all we're trying to get to do. All we're trying to do is get through the day. And as you said, you know, the worst day and the best day, it's only 24 hours. <laughs> Thank you again. Uh, this has been absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, any of the products that Laura has talked about, we will have the links uh, in the bio and come on over to Instagram. You'll be able to find them on the uh, post with Laura's podcast with RA Life Hacks podcast. And uh, thanks so much. And I hope we can talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of the Chronic Illness Playbook. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, we really wouldn't mind if you left us a positive comment and rating. You can find more information about the podcast at Chronic Illness Playbook on Instagram or visit us at chronicillnessplaybook.com. And to find similar content just like this, head on over to Chronic Illness Resources on Instagram or visit chronicillnessresourceguide.com. Well, that's it for me today. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. And until next time, spoons up, everybody. Chronic Illness Playbook Podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information about products and services contained on this podcast does not constitute endorsement or recommendation by the Chronic Illness Playbook. The Chronic Illness Playbook is not responsible nor liable for any advice, course of treatment, diagnosis, or any other information, services, or products that you obtain through this podcast.